love this podcast, support us by leaving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Hit the link in the episode description to support us now. Thanks for listening and enjoy. And just like that, Rolando and Nicole are covering Sex in the City. And just like that, I'm Nicole. And I'm Rolando. And this is Remakes, Reboots, and Revivals. An original podcast about unoriginality. unoriginality. Well, hi there, listeners. Hello, lovers. And welcome to this week's episode. Before we get into this one, which I think is going to be really, really fun, I just want to remind everyone that if you enjoy this podcast and you are an iTunes listener, please go to the Apple Podcast app and rate this podcast and leave us a little review. Uh, Things like this really do help remakes, reboots, and revivals grow and get more listeners. And we do really appreciate it. And to show our appreciation, we might just read it on the air. So again, uh, find us on Apple Podcasts, give us a rating and a review, and we will be eternally grateful. Thank you. Yeah. And you know what? Actually, even if you're not on Apple uh, Podcast listener, you know what? I think Shazam also takes reviews. So reviews anywhere. We'll appreciate it because we'll get emails saying, yo, you were just reviewed. And that would be lovely. It would be lovely. Yeah. Even but preferably if you're, Apple podcasts. Yeah. Yeah. I know you can rate us on Spotify, but you can't review us. And we want to actually hear what you guys have to say. So that's why we prefer the places where you could review us. <laughs> oh, you know what? I said Shazam like a dummy. I don't think you even think Shazam exists anymore. Shazam is that app that when you can't like think of the name of a song, you press it oh. and it tells you that, right? Yeah. Sorry. That's I'm Shazam. like an, I'm like an Apple slut. I use Apple Podcasts and Apple Music. So look at that. Wait, uh, so what did you mean? Did you mean like Pandora? I meant Spotify. Or? Oh, you meant oh, Spotify, you meant Spotify. Is Spotify. that has also reviews. Uh, also, guys, if you didn't know, you actually can listen to our podcast directly on Facebook. So if you're on you our can, Facebook yes. page, you can yes. check out our podcast right there. We all our episodes are available there as well. Yeah, that's. You were saying Spotify. That's I'm an avid Spotify user, which is crazy because all of my products are Apple, but I do not listen to iTunes. I actually can't stand iTunes. Uh, it's not Fun iTunes fact. anymore. It's Apple Music. See, that's how out of it I am. But no, I agree with you. I, I'm, I've been considering switching. My problem is, so the reason I, I used Apple Music is only because I had like a year for free. And then mm. after that, I just got used to you it. You got so used just to like, it, yeah. I, 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 I'm too lazy to change the subscription and then figure out what songs did I use to listen, download, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just, I like Spotify because I, I have, have like a family plan. So I, under one plan, I pay for myself, I pay for my mother, I pay for my sister, and I pay for my brother-in-law. And mm. I have one more account open. So I'm like, I'm not that generous. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you know. If you share like memberships with other people, you might as well pay for their music. You know what I mean? I, I guess. But I mean, I was it's so funny, right? Because my one qualm is that Apple Music doesn't do uh, like the end of the year, like most listened to stuff. Spotify does. And Spotify does. And it makes me so jealous that you guys get to share. I don't know yeah. what it's not like I listen to music that much. That's the other fucked up thing, right? I'm paying like all this money for a service. I don't really use that much. <laughs> that's true. I am constantly listening. So I think that's why Spotify, I definitely, uh, I use, by the way, uh, we usually talk about the things that we've been watching or reading or listening to, but I think 
you know, pretty much me establishing I'm Spotify and Rolando's Apple Music covers <laughs> that basis. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Out of curiosity, how much does Apple Music cost per month? I think it's nine ninety nine. Okay, that's not bad. But you're just paying for yourself. I think I get to have two people. Two people. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So it's. it's I mean, I think I'm not one hundred percent sure, but it's nine ninety nine that I pay for. I see. I pay fifteen dollars, uh, fifteen or sixteen a month, but I pay for uh, six people. So. Well, you know, I'd rather Apple. I'd rather pay Apple Music than Tidal. Does that even still exist? Do you remember Tidal? I have no idea what that is. That, that was uh, that was the streaming service that was brought to you by I think Kanye, Jay Z, Beyonce, all those like music Taylor Swift. Really? Wow! It's supposed to be higher quality music, but I don't. But they charge you like I think twenty dollars. I I am so out of it. <laughs> <laughs> I am out of the loop, guys. Uh, what a surprise! But you know, speaking of paying for my family or just family in general, I'm really excited because. As we said in the cold open, we're covering sex in the city. And I kind of felt like we really needed the perspective, you know, of like a cis heterosexual on this show, preferably oh, a woman. I guess. I mean, I was just thinking <laughs> any woman who watches, it doesn't have to be cis heterosexual. I was just thinking anyone who was a fan of this show growing up. I was actually considering bringing my friend Amanda on, but like, I don't know what kind of a following she has. Plus, I, and she's listening probably. Let's be real. I God only knows what will come out of her mouth. <laughs> so, this like. is true. Well, well, so that's the thing. Like sometimes we we cover things where we're just like not the target audience, and sometimes we think about it, it's like, oh man, I wish we had someone who was kind of the target audience. I don't know. And speak for yourself. I feel like a gay young man wasn't the target audience for Sex and the City. I don't know. I mean, you I know it's predominantly like, women, you feel like but he, like he, he might like that was the target audience. I or think that wasn't? gay men were like very much a target audience for Sex and the City. My fucking headphones just went out and I didn't hear anything you said. I said that I think gay men were, in fact, a target of the sex in the city. Yeah, probably white gay men were. Yeah, probably. I mean, <laughs> affluent gay men, you know. Well, this is, you know, an interesting question. Who is sex in the city? Who was sex in the city made for? Who is and just like that made for? You know, what is the relationship between the two shows, too? And, of course, the movie. Uh, I just also thought it would just be fun to get a diehard fan who's been watching ever since the show kind of was a smash in the early 2000s. And a reason to bring my sister back. So on our on our show today is going to be my sister. Yay. With us today, of course, is our wonderful, beautiful yellow shirt producer, Eddie Z. Hello, everyone. What's up, Eddie? And our special guest, my sister, Tina of Tina Elizabeth Photography. Hi, Tina. Hello. Hi, Tina. <laughs> Thanks for having me. That's right. Although this is our first time meeting you here on the podcast. This is not our audience's first time with you on the podcast. Yes, I covered for Rolando. <laughs> I don't even What was the occasion? Was it my bachelor party? I think, yes, I think you were off partying yeah. in New Orleans and we mm-hmm. we uh, chatted about Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. It was kind of mm-hmm. like a special episode. Mm-hmm. So, because we're Harry Potter nuts. So, yeah. as evidenced in my two Harry Potter episodes for this podcast. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, other things that my sister is a big fan of is Friends, just like Ooh. Rolando. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and we all agree that, you know, Lisa Cujo is the most attractive member of Friends now because the rest of them just look terrible. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the best. Although Courtney Cox didn't look 
terrible in Scream. Yeah, it's like she kind of reversed work. We were talking yes. about that last week. Yeah, I think yeah. I think she just had. I think the fillers were just in too recently for the reunion. Like I think they just mm. they all did it like the week of, and you're supposed to give yourself like three weeks to a month. Yeah, they all so did they it the all last like second. level out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, uh, Tina, would you say that Sex and the City is your favorite TV show? Is it just in your top five? Uh, it's definitely in my top five. I would say my favorite now is The Office, <laughs> mm, <laughs> which yeah, I did that's... not watch when it was on TV. Like live, I watched it like two years ago on Netflix and I'm obsessed oh, with it. Oh, got it. But got it. The Office, Friends, Sex and the City, Bob's Burgers, like my top mm-hmm. four. <laughs> yeah, Bob's Burgers is another good one. Oh, you're a comedy girl. I love, oh, yeah, oh, I'm, yeah. I'm all about sitcoms. Oh yeah. yeah, sitcoms are fun. Yeah, sitcoms are great. Yeah, I'm really getting into Succession on HBO, but just comedies is where it's at for me. I need something lighthearted. Mm-hmm. And you like comedies about families, whether it's found families or real families and stuff. So work families, work families. Yeah. So yeah. look at that. You like you like a touch of the sentimental at its core. Yes, yes, for sure. Mm-hmm. Would you say that when Sex in the City was still you know, in syndication on HBO, was it your favorite show then? Yeah. So I, I started watching sex in the city when it was still live on TV and it was airing season four. So I was, I was way too young to be watching it. I think I was maybe (laughs) 16 or 17 when I was watching sex in the city, but I loved it. Um, not because of the sex or even the relationships, but more, the friendships that Carrie had with the three girls. I loved the fashion. I loved just her life. Like, you know, I was a young girl in high school watching this woman living on her own in New York city. And she was the coolest character. Yeah. Yeah. Let's actually talk about like when we first came across the show, you know, before we get into the history, like Rolando, Eddie, what was your guys first uh, experience with sex in the city? Eddie. I was never really into this show at all. Okay. Oh. Uh, yeah, not at all. Um, I, I did see a couple of episodes, um, but never really kind of kind of committed to it. Oh. Yeah, so I actually started watching... I didn't even start watching the show. I really became aware of it during the... When it was syndicated on the Channel 11, not even like... It's oh, real, wow. right? It was like censored <laughs> yeah. and like just being syndicated on like regular old broadcast television. Yeah. And I think I may have caught like a few episodes and I'm like, okay, this is funny. But I didn't realize how watered down it was until oh, yeah. they announced and just like that and released like the remastered versions on HBO Max. And I kind of figured, well, we're going to be covering this on the podcast. So let me just start watching this now. And I got through a good chunk of the first season. Oh, it's a wow. good show. It was good. Okay. Uh, yeah, and, uh, but yeah. Outside of that, I mean, really, outside of that, all I really knew it more so was from like jokes and other sitcoms, like Thirty Rock would reference it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think just random shows. It's just like, oh, you're such a Samantha, like, that kind <laughs> yeah. of stuff. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I knew enough to to know what all those things meant. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And how to use memes very appropriately. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the show was such a success when it came out that even like if. If you had HBO, right, which I think around this time, the show debuted in 1998, correct me if I'm wrong, the slogan was, if it's, 
if it's not it's not tv it's hbo or something it was like mm-hmm. tv enhanced you know mm-hmm. and like having hbo in the late 90s early 2000s was a big thing um it was kind of like where the best quality was you know ever since we've been in this new kind of golden age of television everyone's putting on excellent productions of television shows but for a while it was kind of just hbo that was like hey we're gonna make our tv shows more mm-hmm. cinematic than tv's been before mm-hmm. and a lot of people kind of and dirtier oh yeah and, and, uh, i mean if you watch like an episode of a sex of a hbo show that doesn't have like at least three sex scenes in it that's like tame you know <laughs> like that's what mm-hmm. they do uh but it's interesting because a lot of people associate hbo and that renaissance beginning with the sopranos but the sopranos didn't come out until 2000 i would say that the show that really put hbo on the map would be sex in the city which started in 1998 i don't think it became a sensation until around the time The Sopranos also came out mm-hmm. and then Six Feet Under came out in 2001. Mm-hmm. I think it took a while. Like the first mm-hmm. two seasons of Sex in the City are different than what the show ended up becoming and that it really kind of found its voice later on in the uh, seasons. Mm-hmm. But I think from the moment it kind of happened where it's like, oh, hey, here's these four single women in their 30s, which also 1998, you weren't seeing a lot of single women who were sexually as liberated as they were in their 30s living so freely and not shamelessly. And um, I think that a lot of women gravitated towards this show because of how unapologetic it was. And that kind of representation of women was just, it's kind of like we underplay what Mary Tyler Moore was for Mm -hmm. her time period, you know, like in a a lot of ways, that's what Sex and the City was, you know. And I do, it's a shame because now I think a lot of people are, even back then, you know, a lot of people just kind of like dismiss the show as just like women being sluts. And it's, it is, it's more than that. It's so much more than that. It is more than that. I mean, keep in mind, I think the show was super aspirational. Right? Was that a word that you could use to describe the show for a lot of young ladies watching the show? Yeah, like uh, you know the all these women they had diverse careers and uh, they were like at the top of the game and they were living like these fabulous lives in New York. That is, I mean, what an appeal, right? I think that's why Entourage (laughs) succeeded so much with like the male population, right? Because you wanted to live that kind of cool, sexy Hollywood life and just bang all these models. Well, this you know. With <laughs> Sex in the City walked so Entourage could run, yeah. you know? Mm. And yeah. Entourage, no one near as close to the legacy that I think Sex in the City has overall, though. Like, I no, think Sex in the City's yeah. impact. I mean, that's the thing. Like, if you say to someone, oh, you're such a Samantha, they instantly know mm-hmm. who you're talking about or what you're referencing. Nobody goes around saying, oh, you're such a turtle. Like, just nobody <laughs> <Right>. says that. <laughs> you can say it to a certain group of people and they'll, they, they'll understand. But, like, it's a, yeah. it's, it's a small group of people compared to Sex and the City. Yeah. Sex yeah. and the City has wide appeal, it's, I think. It's pretty ubiquitous, I think. At least it's famous, you know? Like, even if you've never seen an episode, you got the gist of it. Because also, the plot of the show is pretty simple. Um... This show was created also by Darren Starr. Did we know what else Darren Starr has done? I did not know that he was as prolific as he was. Oh, wait. Actually, I just... Oh, wait. Hang on. Hang well, on. Hang on wait, hang if on. you have to look it up, then you don't know off the top of your head. <laughs> it was a big one. It's like a big TV show. There's a couple of big ones, actually. Melrose Place. And, I didn't get yeah, Melrose Place. Melrose I, mean, I love Place. Melrose Place, and I was way too young for that one. Yes. Oh, yeah. But Beverly Hills 90210. And oh. then he did Melrose Place. Yeah, yeah, I knew uh-huh. that they were. I knew that they were connected. Uh, 
Yeah, nine hundred two went up. That's another one that I was watching way too young for my yeah. <laughs> my age. So I, Seriously, I, I mean, audiences know this. Like, I, I I was just telling my my haircut my barber today because uh, he recommended Euphoria, and I was telling him how like I want to start watching Euphoria because I love teen dramas, and now you're he giving does. me an HBO teen drama. That was you guys don't understand. That was my dream to write <laughs> in college. Like, I wrote a whole semester, spent a whole semester writing a pilot for like how would HBO do a teen drama and it had really? sex and drugs and guess what that's what euphoria is oh is it mine took place in college that's the only oh difference. man did you copyright uh, it no uh, no that's a shame then oh, because sex and drugs in high school <laughs> oh my gosh idea <laughs> maybe you want to throw some half angels in there or that's a different that was when i was trying to rip off twilight <laughs> He also did Younger, too. He did Younger, yes. And his most uh, recent success has been Emily in Paris, uh, which I don't watch. Which is a huge success. It's a very big success. Um, Yeah. So, yeah. So, that's that's his career. Um, But, But yeah, he... he, I mean, I I, I love Younger. uh, I've never seen, actually, many of the other shows. Younger is really good. Like. really good. Like Dameron Star hasn't lost it. I like yeah. Sutton Foster, so I'll take your word on it. She's really good in this. She's, yeah. she's, she's she great. is very yeah. very good at it. Yeah. yeah, she's what she was the reason I I started watching it. And I stayed for Hillary Duff. And I stayed but... for Hillary Duff. <laughs> I stayed for Hillary. So yes. there you go. There you go. Yeah. Came for Sutton Foster. <laughs> stayed for Hillary Duff. Uh, but you know, Darren Star just loves to make a show about women and really powerful women, unapologetic. You know, living their best lives. And let's give it to him for that. That's and you thought really he was cool. straight. I actually did think he was. I mean, I actually would have enjoyed it more if he was straight. But I guess whatever. He was gay. Right. Yeah. Anyway, uh, he. I think he wrote. He. Well, obviously, Sex and City is based on a novel by Candace Bushnell, and Candace Bushnell was a uh, a columnist mm-hmm. who wrote for I think the New Yorker. Uh, what did she write, Dear Abby? No, I think she just wrote a oh. column about her lifestyle and her friend's lifestyle. It's pretty much what Sex in the City was, is Candace Bushnell. Like, Candace mm-hmm. Bushnell's alter ego is Carrie Bradshaw, CB, oh, very thinly okay. veiled for herself. And I think it was because instead of she didn't want to write kind of like these memoir pieces and she didn't want to use her own name, so she just created Carrie Bradshaw, even though it was like, you know, it's like if I called myself like Nat Peretti. Like, obviously, it's me, you know. <laughs> um, so, and the same thing that happens in the series uh, is that Candace Bushnell's column got optioned for a book, and it turned into a book, and then she became a book writer, and she wrote other subsequent books. So, in the 90s, what a simpler time. What a, what a simple, right? What a time to talk about you just sex. You write a column, and yeah, you write a column, then you get a book deal. Now you have to have yeah. like a million Twitter followers or whatever to get even considered for a book deal. Crazy. Mm-hmm. And we were alive for that time. It's not even that long ago. We were. (laughs) But anyway, so obviously they optioned it. They turned into an HBO show. And apparently uh, Sarah Jessica Parker, who Darren Star had in mind when he was creating the pilot, was not into it. And she thought that it was going to be a failure. She was mm-hmm. so certain that the show was going to suck that she was like, I'll do three HBO movies for free if you just let me get the fuck out of this show. Mm. And they were like, no, sorry, you're shit out of luck. And then she just, she kind of voiced all of the things that she felt was wrong with it. And apparently the story goes, Darren Star actually kind of like listened to them. They like put it into the show. And, and then she said the rest was kind of history. You know, she just stuck it out and it became what it became. Right, which and is also part of the reason. Why, well, that's part of the reason why Kim Cattrall 
refuses to come back though. Okay, so we're that gonna lore, get to that. In yeah, a second. that lore of Sarah <laughs> Jessica Parker is part of the reason why a part of that lore of the feud between. Kim Cattrall and Sarah Jessica Parker. Well, it's so interesting because she was so afraid that it was going to ruin her career. And in a lot of ways, it's actually made her career, but it's also oh, yeah. typecasted her, right? I feel like now nobody can look at Sarah Jessica Parker and say anything but Carrie Bradshaw. Really? Um, what else has she done that has been as prolific as her role in Carrie Bradshaw Hocus since, Pocus. Sex, since Sex in the uh, City? Not before. Uh, the Divorce. Yeah. The divorce. The, the divorce, divorce on HBO. That's I. I actually think that show. That show's fantastic. Yeah, she was great. I mean, that's just also a good or, show. Like, but the divorce. Yeah. Okay. All right. No. That would be it. That would be it. One that thing. Would be yeah. it. One thing. Well, but that's she also, also why she keeps Glee. coming back. She was, yeah, she's so fucking. <laughs> Let's have a kiki. She's hanging out with like seventeen-year-olds singing "Let's Have a Kiki" and Glee. I think they were eighteen. So they were already in college, right? That's why they were. Oh, in the city. they were legal. Okay, that that alone should have barred her from being back on TV ever again. To be yeah, quite honest, good. anyone involved with those last couple of seasons of Glee—I mean, well, no, it wasn't that terrible. I'm being kind of harsh, but that sequence was pretty bad. <laughs> well, that was so fun. Oh my god, no! So what a travesty to that song. That song is so good, and I feel like they just butchered it. So, Sex in the City is. As simple as it gets, it's four friends living in New York in their 30s. Miranda, I think, was already in her late 30s. Uh, not Miranda, I'm sorry. Samantha. Samantha, Samantha, Samantha was oldest. always older. Yes. Yes. Well, that's the thing. Okay. These four characters, four best friends. So obviously there's Carrie Bradshaw played by Sarah Jessica Parker. She is the main character. She's the writer that all of these, like every episode is one of her columns, right? That's brought to life, you know? So you have her narration describing it and her talking about all of her friends' uh, lifestyles. Uh, and Carrie, I would say as a character is, um, she's, awkward she's impulsive but you know she's also very artistic um she really cares about fashion she's kind of shallow you know <laughs> uh, obsessive yeah mm -hmm. she's absolutely super flawed which is really uh shown in the way that they chose to open the show where she's like walking down new york and everything's all cool but then she gets all this water uh hit on her after a bus with her body a picture of her like passes her by and it's like really awkward and like perfectly sets up you know her and her role in the show is that she's constantly kind of making a fool out of herself which i have a question was mm -hmm. that ever a thing like did, were there really uh, ads like that for newspaper columns. Yeah, yeah. really. Yeah. That was I a mean, thing. You know what? It would for newspaper columns. I don't know for newspaper like columns. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, uh, the, I, I I know like for newscasters. Yeah, newscasters. Newscasters. Um, yeah. Yeah, but you. There's a column. She was writing. She was writing column, and there's a picture of her in her lingerie on the bus. Like that's just yeah. not realistic. I've, I've seen movie things, and then I've seen like hospital ads on buses, but mm -hmm. not like sex columnists. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's like, damn, she's got a fucking good publicist. So, but I do love Samantha that Jones. intro. It is that Samantha intro is Jones, super iconic because of that tutu that she's wearing. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. She's wearing a tutu. Yeah. Anyway, <clears throat> I just, yeah, I just thought of something. You guys are, never mind. I'm not even going to bring it up. Okay. okay. The other three roles are Charlotte York, played by Kristen Davis. And I would say Charlotte, uh, how somebody else conservative. Charlotte. She's like the conservative. She's like uh, uh, the good girl, right? She's like the wasp of the there group. There we go. She's a self-proclaimed wasp, too. 
but very Upper East Side, very, like, she comes from Connecticut, upper class, like, just a little... Uptight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uptight. Yeah, definitely the wasp. But she's also, I, I've always said, she's, like, second to Samantha, the sluttiest girl in the show. Ooh. If you watch, she sleeps with a lot of men before she finally meets her husband. Yeah. So she's kind of judgy and she's kind of uptight, but she's also like the one out there who, you know, is uh, promiscuous. Yeah, conditioned, but can't take it because she's pretty judgy. But, you know, there could be a lot of judgment passed on that. I mean, yeah, I do remember in the first season there was an episode where like her boyfriend wanted to try anal (laughs) and she was just like, oh, my God, dear me. No, (laughs) she was so uptight about it. While all the other girls were just like, oh, it's just anal. Specifically, Samantha. And then there's Samantha, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, Samantha is, I guess, the oldest of the group. Mm-hmm. Yes. But, and she's definitely, I think, the most financially successful, mm-hmm. uh, the most sexually liberated, mm-hmm. and the most confident. And just, yeah, she's a really, yeah, just liberated woman. There's yeah, not she's really a, that much to say. She's a high-powered publicist, right? Yes. She has her own uh, publicity firm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Samantha Jones Publicity, I think is what it's called, right? Uh, something like that and uh yeah no she she's great i mean every samantha everyone knows sarah jessica parker but let's be very real samantha is who everyone really remembers on that show Mm -hmm. i will say yeah she was the standout uh character played by she's played by kim cattrall and kim cattrall definitely played her very well another one who kind of also set herself up for never being able to be taken as anything but samantha jones after that you know, she was so prolific mm-hmm. in the role. Uh, I know she won an Emmy. I don't know if all four of them have, but I know that Samantha has for her role. I mean, uh, Kim Cattrall. See, yeah. they're interchangeable. Right. <laughs> well, yeah, but I, I think because Kim Cattrall was probably the bigger name when the show came out, right? I think no, I, Sex and Sarah Jessica yeah, Parker? Besides Sarah Jessica Parker, I think Kim Cattrall might have had the biggest career. Right. Out of the other girls. I would, yeah. And I think she, yeah, she was, I mean, Samantha, not Samantha, oh, damn it, Kim Cattrall was so great. <laughs> but I think, I think, unfortunately for her, though, she kind of felt victim too to Hollywood's kind of standards of like beauty, right? She wasn't, let's be real, she was already, by the time she was on Sex and the City, an older woman. So she had to lean into that part. The reason she got typecast into that is because Hollywood doesn't give a lot of roles back then, even now, but to, women yeah. after 40 you know mm-hmm. yeah uh-huh yeah so she kind of had to lean into that sexy cougar to have a career and i think you no know. for sure i mean even there's this great movie from 1950 called all about eve where betty davis is lamenting the fact that she's turning 40 because she knows her career is over mm-hmm. and it's like shit hasn't changed you know no. um so and we wanted it to but i think and just like that taught us mm, has he well before we get there we still gotta mention miranda the last of the four played by cynthia nixon and miranda is uh the most sarcastic cynical one of the bunch i would say yeah she's um she's a lawyer she is a lawyer she's um she's she's feistier in her own way Uh yeah she i mean she i i very opinionated yeah she's kind of no nonsense yeah, no bullshit. Don't beat around the bush. You mm-hmm. know, this is this is how it is. She's definitely a Capricorn. 
When she, <laughs> well, when she wants sex, she knows what she wants and she doesn't want to like lollygag. It's just like, no, we're doing this. We're doing this. We're doing yeah. it this way for this long. Get out. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. And, and so uh, these, and she loves her technology. I just want to point that out. She does. Yes, this is true. Yes. But in a weird. So out of all four of them, based on the Sex in the City original show, who do you think is the most closed minded character? Charlotte. Mm-hmm. You think it would be Charlotte? I because she's just so set in her ways. Yeah, I mean, technically, I guess you could also make that argument though for Carrie. Yeah, I was gonna say either one of them, but I would, I think I would say Charlotte first. It's so interesting because I feel like the only one in the show who wasn't was Samantha, right? Samantha was always the more progressive thinker. I think the other three girls always had moments where it was kind of like they. As, as humanly as possible, you know, it was kind of like they were a little behind in things or they were more closed-minded, right? Mm-hmm. Over the six seasons that show went on, many different situations happened to the girls, right? Carrie in season two dates a man who is bisexual, and these girls are not understanding about bisexuality in that episode because it's 1999, well, right? Yeah, the they make. And that's the you thing. Know. Bisexuality is still not understood, right? People don't take it seriously. I, I remember one of them said like, oh, you know, bisexualityville, isn't that on the way over to Ricky Martin town? You know, like pretty much saying you're not bisexual, you're gay, right? Dismissing that as an actually valid sexual orientation. And that's before he was even out. Yeah, that was before he was <laughs> out and everyone was just like guessing. Yeah. <clears throat> um, so they don't believe in bisexuality. It's like you're either straight or you're gay. Yeah. Which, you know, and a lot of people still think that a lot I, of people choose not to I accept mean, bisexuality. As I real. hate to say this. Oh, well, I'm going to be very upfront. I don't obviously I do understand there are bisexual people, but even me as a gay man, like sometimes do scoff at the idea. And I know I shouldn't. Right. <laughs> I, I'm very well aware of this, but I'm just saying it's just like sometimes when you meet a guy who's saying it's just like I am bi. You're just like, sure. You're just too afraid to admit that you're gay. But no, well, but I, you're but I understand completely. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm fully aware of this. No, I, I, I get it. it. It's a fucked up thing. But I think society kind of conditions you to believe that. Like, you know what I mean? I constantly have to correct myself on that. Well, of course, right? And that's the, that's the time that we're living in right now is we're all trying to undo the things that we've been taught by society, right? And a lot of people are kind of fighting it, but it's actually a really good thing that we should undo these things. We should learn new terms and we should respect other people's, you know, uh, preferences and whatnot. So blah, blah, blah. That's just one thing, right? Samantha, and I think around season four, uh, starts to be taken in by a woman and, and begins a sexual relationship with a woman. Um, and of course, you know, everyone has feelings about that. And of course, the big question, you know, so are you gay now? What are you? And I think even Samantha proclaims that she's a lesbian, you know, that like she didn't even understand her mm-hmm. own bisexuality. And that's just also a part of the time. Um, there's other situations though that happen to these girls. You brought up the anal thing, you know, how like Charlotte wasn't even open to, you know, that type of sex. Uh, what are some other key mm-hmm. moments that happen to the girls? Uh, the affairs are had and some of the characters are more understanding about the fact that sometimes people get caught in a situation and make mistakes, but is it a safe space as a friend for me to like allow you to actually be open about the mistakes you're making or, you know, am I going to judge you for them? Are you talking about Carrie sleeping with Big when he's married? Because Carrie was 100% in the wrong on that. Yes, right. But is it your job as a friend to judge that friend? Or yes, to- I have to warn them, the, <laughs> warn them of the hellfire they're like subjecting their souls to. But at the same time, like you can tell them, hey, you shouldn't do that without being a judgmental asshole and actually being there for your friend. 
I'm supposed to be like, okay, yeah, you're ruining this Mary. You're couple. such a Charlotte. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. I always believe myself to be like a Samantha, but I actually do. I actually think, I, I don't think I'm actually a Charlotte. I actually think I'm more of a uh, Miranda, to be quite honest. I think most people are Miranda. <laughs> yeah, I would agree. Where He's I think 100% Miranda for... the most relatable character. Mm-hmm. Mm. I, interesting. I I have no idea who I am. You guys, I think you guys have to tell me which one I am. Miranda. Miranda? Why? Because I'm cynical. I mean, I'm and opinionated. <laughs> yeah. I've always kind of, not that I'm the main character of my own life, even though I like totally am. But I've always felt more like Carrie just because of the awkward mess she could be, and I mm-hmm. also feel like an awkward mess you don't most of know, the time. I think that like so. Here's the thing. Uh, well, Tina, when was the last time you rewatched the show? Uh, two years ago. <laughs> okay, so so fairly recently. Yes, so yes. rewatching the show, has your perception of Carrie changed since when you first watched it to now? I now I see it, and I do think, all right, you're a little bit dramatic and mm-hmm. obsessive, like I said before. But I do still love the character mm-hmm. because she's not perfect, and I think before Sex in the City, they always kind of showed women on TV as perfect. And, you know, Mm -hmm. women don't sleep around with men. Women don't chain smoke. And women, you know, don't uh, sleep with their ex-boyfriends and shit. And it just kind of broke all those those rules about Mm -hmm. women on TV. So Carrie, to me, was really important because she did all those things. You know, she was not perfect. She was an obsessive girl. And, you know, girls are like that. Girls yeah. can be very obsessive when it comes to their relationships and constantly checking emails and leaving their houses and going to the guy's house to see, hey, I want to know if you're home. And, you know, like everything that Carrie did is totally relatable. Women have done that. I know women that have done that and have acted like that. I've acted like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I think I still think before. And just like that, she was a fantastic character. Okay. Mm. Yeah. And just like would, that yeah. has changed a lot of my views. <laughs> well, the reason I was asking was because I know, I happen to have heard some women who were fans of the show who realized that kind of Carrie was, uh, as they grow, it's just like, oh, Carrie was kind of the brat. Like, we should oh, have yeah. been all striving to be Miranda, not oh, yeah. Carrie. Uh, there have been so many times in that show where Carrie will call them all complaining and bitching mm-hmm. about whatever's going on in her lives and they're all like there's i think there's one episode where she calls each of them one by one and they're all like carrie i don't have time for this shit call her carrie i don't <laughs> have time for this like none of them can't take her tiny little issues because yeah. miranda's baby won't stop crying like you know she's actually dealing with a real issue and mm-hmm. carrie's obsessed about her ex-boyfriend and what mm-hmm. he's doing with and it has not it's a fake problem you know yeah. No, yeah. I mean, so, I mean, you just brought up something that I just, that my husband, Eddie, here just said to me that was offensive. And he called me, he's like, oh, yeah, you're like a Carrie, basically. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, what? Like, here I am striving to be a Samantha or a Miranda. And I, it turns out I may be a Carrie. Like, I think, I think you should me. take that as a compliment. Because the thing about Carrie is that she's the most realistic character. We all want to be Samantha, but at the end of the day, being a Samantha isn't as one. It's not that attainable, but also, like, she's kind of unrealistic in the... She's not 
that flawed. Carrie is flawed and human beings are flawed. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think that, you know, we see antiheroes in movies and we see it so often in men, but then we get like an imperfect woman and it's like everyone judges her. It's like, no, that's actually why I really love Carrie Mm. is because, wow, I can relate. And that is the most fucking humanistic thing I've ever fucking seen. Like, yeah, I've done that where I've called a bunch of my friends and had the same fucking conversation for three hours in a row. Or yeah. I've been obsessive. I've embarrassed the shit out of myself. Mm-hmm. And I can see that reflected through this girl. Like, I actually really love that. And that's the thing. Like, you're a Carrie. Well, you're a real fucking person, Rolando. You make mistakes. You have flaws. That's a great thing, actually. Perfect. Yeah. And that's why that's why I'm also like I feel like a Carrie is because I am in like I said an imperfect mess and that's what she is and I love that about her. I think he was calling me that because I could be very self-centered. <laughs> what were your exact words, <laughs> babe? What? When you said I'm like, oh yeah, you're like Carrie. I was talking about the shoes. You have so <laughs> many shoes. <laughs> Throw away a pair, please. Just please, they're everywhere. There you go. Look at that. But I will say that I I think also watching this show and then all subsequent versions of it is that I also just really like Sarah Jessica Parker. I I like her as an actress. Mm-hmm. Um, I like her vibe, and I think I also like Carrie because of the way she plays her. I like. I swear, I don't know her birthday, but I can guarantee you that Sarah Jessica Parker is some sort of fire sign because I can just tell from her acting that I would vibe with her. I feel like she is a Capricorn, isn't she? No, she's definitely a fire sign. Sarah Jessica Parker, there's no way she's an earth sign. Let me see. March 25th. She's an Aries. Look at that. She's a fire sign. I knew it. I fucking knew it. came in with that fact. ASAP. Look at that. How did you know her birthday so quickly? It's simple Google search. I, do. I, I, I keep all these tabs open, so you guys, when you got eyes, you guys ask ridiculous questions like this. I'm ready. I know she's like, I'm good. All right, I'll check it. The big thing, though, obviously that uh, is important to Sex and City are some of the relationships that they had. Um, the big one in Carrie's life is her relationship with a character called Mr. Big, who is kind of like this Wall Street hotshot womanizing asshole who does yeah, not like, treat her very well. And he was throughout like the course of the show. Before Trump was like, we we were like what we thought Trump was cool, right? We thought at one point Trump was cool, and then like mm-hmm. yeah. that's what he kind of was. Yeah, well, when like a character like that was like hot, people actually wanted to like sleep with him. You know, now nobody wants to sleep with a guy like that. Mm-hmm. At least I don't think so. Yeah. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't want to sleep with any guy. So you guys tell me. <laughs> I mean, but, I I saw you know uh, Chris Knopf, uh, uh Mr. Big, Mr. Big. Yeah, I mean he's he was he was okay. He's cute. Yeah, uh, he's not like, you know. I'm also well, looking at the other love of her life, which was Aiden, and so like, obviously yes. Aiden was the hotter one. I guess I thought they were both fuck ugly. Yeah, Aiden was goofy, but he just automatically treated her better, and she just mm-hmm. he was not worthy of him. Yeah, she did, she was a self sabotager for sure. He, he was such a good person. Yeah. And she didn't deserve that. <laughs> and that's a lot of like pe- people who are more person for her. Yeah. They're usually either like team big or team Aiden. But at the end of the day, like Carrie and big kind of deserved each other. So yes. Yes. Um, Samantha, you know, had many, many flings. But at the end, you know, they kind of paired her with someone who was much younger than her mm-hmm. with a character named Smith Jarrett. Um Charlotte ended up converting to Judaism to be with her husband, Harry, who was like just pretty much at least like 
physically not the type of guy that Charlotte saw herself being with. He was like, you know, a bald. That's what I always love that because throughout the entire show, Charlotte knew exactly what she was looking for in a man. She was looking for another wasp that was just like her, a gorgeous husband. She found that with Trey McDougal. Mm-hmm. was played by Kyle McLaughlin and then he ended up being uh, impotent he could never get it up he was not sexually fulfilling her and they ended up getting separated and then eventually divorced and mm. then Harry Goldenblatt comes along and he physically is the exact opposite of what she wants and she spends the whole episode where they hook up just complaining about everything about him. Like his, there's sweat dripping from his head. He's got corny jokes. He, you know, there's food on his face, but then he ends up being the best sex of her life and treating her like the person that, like a wonderful person that she is. Yeah. And he's got a great personality, you know, and stuff. And that's the thing, like most of the relationships that they they end up settling for in the show too, you know, all these characters come to learn something, you know, Charlotte obviously, you know, learns that looks aren't everything and 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 status isn't everything and Samantha kind of learns to open up her heart. Carrie, I don't know how much she learns. Miranda. Yeah, Miranda and Steve. Their dynamic isn't as like she had to learn a lot to accept him or learn a lot about herself. She becomes a mother. While Charlotte is so desperate to become a mother, that's a big storyline. Um, mm-hmm. And she becomes a mother and like doesn't you know doesn't marry Steve right away. You know, chooses to become a single mother and all this stuff. So like they they just go they throw all of these things at these women that never felt kind of forced. It all felt kind of to me at least when I watched it. I haven't watched it in a long time, but I remember it very well felt pretty organic for the characters Mm -hmm. uh, in the original run, at least for the first five seasons. The last season was a little hard with the, the, the painter, Alexander uh, Petrovsky, I think is what they called him. That was that. And then her going to Paris, that was a little weird. And then it was a little weird when like friends ended the same exact way. (laughs) What the hell's with this Paris thing? Yes. Um, It's romantic. I guess so. (laughs) But it just, it became like a cliche. Um, so that's how remakes, reboots, and revivals is going to end. By the way, Rolando's going to go to Paris, <laughs> but then he's going to come back. Bring him back. <laughs> um, and then that's kind of you know how they decided to end the show, and the show ended in two thousand and four. I think you know television by two thousand and four. That was right before shows like Breaking Bad and, and Mad Men came out. Mm-hmm. Um, I think The Sopranos was still on, but it was also ending. Yeah, it was still on. Yeah, yeah, Entourage no, had just came on. Entourage uh, yeah, just started, yeah. You know, so now all these next generation shows were coming out. And it was kind of a perfect time for Sex and the City to, you know, leave with their legacy intact and kind of like be remembered as one of the best shows around. Oh, is that why you think it ended? Yes, well, they that's always wh- said that. They said they always wanted to leave the party early. You uh-huh. can do that. I'm pretty sure those that's were a- direct quotes. They wanted to leave the party early. So they didn't ruin a good thing. Yeah, that's not what happened. Mm, yeah. That's not and what happened ended at all. Ruining a good thing. <laughs> it, no, well, no, literally. That's not why, but that's not why the show ended, though. No, oh well. No, yeah. Should we now talk about the tea? Plans. <laughs> <laughs> well, so here's the thing. It took them only four fucking years for them to be like, "Oh my god, we can't take it and make a movie," right? 
And the first movie came out in 2008. It was followed by a sequel in 2011. And there were plans for a third film, mm-hmm. you know, because they thought that the second film was good <laughs> for some reason. So they, they decided think, to make it, a third film. I don't think it, um, the second film wasn't critically liked, but it did perform well in the box office. It, when the best thing that your movie has to offer is Liza Minnelli performing single ladies at a gay wedding that she has no reason to attend, your movie is not good. When I mean, that's I, that's I the best it. thing about the movie. <laughs> um, anyway, but before we get there, Sex and City, the first movie, was pretty decent. It wasn't anything too ludicrous. They didn't go to Dubai and have Liza Minnelli perform at a gay wedding. It was just simply Big and Carrie, you know, wanting to get married. But then the wedding kind of becoming something that wasn't them. And then, you know, all this drama added to the, you know. But at the end of the day, it was kind of just an excuse to see what was going on in their lives again and to check in on the girls and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Did you like the movie, Tina? Yeah, I, I loved the movie. I was very nervous going into it, but when I saw it, I ended up loving it. I still love it. I still think the first movie is really good and enjoyable. And I was really happy with how the story went in the movie and ended. Yeah. And I, was, I, I would have been fine with that. Yeah. Did it feel like organic for the characters too? Like, oh, you know, this is, I see this actually happening for these girls. Yes. Yeah, I saw it. Everything everything about it was believable. I believed that Big would get cold feet and, you know, mm-hmm. not show up. I believed that Samantha would get tired of L.A. and would want to go back to New York. And, you know, everything with Miranda and Steve, he had cheated on her and, you know, she had a hard time accepting it. But then they got back together I because there's love there. I love that. I don't oh, wait. remember what so happened. So Miranda was cheated on? Yeah, by yeah. Steve cheated on her. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Oh, I he didn't said know that. He slept with someone. It was one time, and it was just because they hadn't done anything in a while. Okay, well, that still tracks a bit. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think Charlotte. You know, she had adopted the, a baby at the end of Sex and the City. Oh, yeah, Did she, she find pregnant. out? She, she got was pregnant. pregnant in the first one. There you go. She got pregnant in the first movie. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I think I remembered that. Yeah. Um, yeah, the first movie, and I actually remember seeing that in the theater. Um, you saw the Sex and the City movie in the theater? Yeah. Oh well, God. you know. I saw it opening night at midnight. Oh, nice. <laughs> full of women, and it was one of the best movie experiences ever. Oh, yeah. Women, imagine. Like, gasping at Carrie's closet. <laughs> <laughs> when Steve yeah. said I slept with someone, everyone was like, <gasps> like it was, <laughs> it was so fun. Yeah, all those like women reacting at the same time and being like, oh my god, yes. yeah, it was great. It was definitely fun. Um, but it it worked. It wasn't anything too crazy. It wasn't like oh, for the the movie we got to put them in and put them in an exotic location. Mm-hmm. All the things that apply to the logic of the second film did not apply to the first one. They kind of mm-hmm. just wanted to continue their stories, and that's what worked about it. That's what didn't work about the second one. You know, they're like, let's send the girls to Abu uh, Abu, Abu Dhabi, Dhabi or, is, or Dubai, one of them. Well, whatever. Um, yeah. And let's have them sing karaoke, which is something that they would never fucking do. Oh, but that, that was the problem with that movie is not just that. Besides the fact that they went to Abu Dhabi and did all this bullshit. They were all just suddenly caricatures of themselves. And it was like, who mm. are these characters? Like, why? And not even like that they were so far from who they were, but they were just 
like nutty. Like all of them were just acting ridiculous for no yeah. reason. Yeah. It, none of it made sense. Well, yeah, they, they put like these two gay characters, Stanford and Anthony together to get Which married. It never happen. Yeah. Ever, and the show, they ever. hated each other. Mm-hmm. Hated each other. But then all of a sudden they found love and got married. All of a sudden, you know? like, no explanation you know. whatsoever. Because yeah. <laughs> like I guess they said. both had no other options in life but each know, other. You take one, it's just like how they tried to hook him up in the show. Well, I thought because you, you were gay and he was gay, that, <laughs> that's it. And then guys, that's guys, guys, come on. Rihanna has said it best. They found love <laughs> in a hopeless place. All right. <laughs> Well, you know, if you and Eddie don't work out, just take solace in the fact that one of you is going to end up with Justin because that's how gay men oh, work. Oh, God. <laughs> that's literally how it worked in this show. <laughs> um, see, you say that now, but Liza Minnelli is going to be performing at your wedding in 10 years. And that's the thing, too. Like, just this outlandish wedding that they had. It's like a, a one that is just full scale. You know, they had the whole gay men's chorus and, and fountains going off. And did I mention Liza Minnelli performing? So it's just like, what am I watching? Is Wait, this still performing? Sex in the City? The whole, they had like the whole gay male chorus there. Like the Washington, D.C. gay man chorus, apparently, where it's like 100 plus men. They had sparklers and, and a fountain going off, shooting water, yeah. and Liza Minnelli. So it's just like, yeah, okay, you wanted to be gay, but like, one can, who can afford that? And like, what kind of world are we living in that this isn't good taste in sex in the city language? Um, and that's like the tone that the film sets it off. So it's interesting because it was still a commercial success, right? Yeah, no, I mean, that's a budget of a hundred million brought in three hundred million. There you go, right? I think that was that had to have just been initial, and then people saw it and were like, "Oh, what the fuck is this?" Oh yeah, you a good sale for an initial yeah. box office grab. Yeah. It, it, it succeeded. Grab, but I think. They just look at the dollar signs. They don't look at initial reactions, Mm -hmm. you know? And it's, it's interesting though, because at least one of the girls walked away from that movie being like, I got to make sure I never fucking do that again. And apparently the only one that had the good sense was Kim Cattrall. Of course though, there is a little bit more to that tea. And I think I want Rolando to fill in our listeners to a little bit of this tea here. Uh, Sarah Jessica Parker and Kim Cattrall have just been having a feud since the early days mm-hmm. of Sex and the City. A lot of it actually stems from Sarah Jessica Parker's role as a producer. And this is ultimately what led to the demise of the of the initial run of the show, right? It was a pay dispute. Uh, Kim Cattrall felt that the other three actresses should be making just as much as Sarah Jessica Parker. But Sarah Jessica Parker had a producer credit, so therefore she was able to make more. So this is where the... this is where, So Kim Cattrall is initially the main reason that there was no seventh season. Or there were, like, they never proceeded. They knew that sixth season was going to be the final one because that's when her contract was up. They finally were able to bring her enough money to bring her back for a movie. Uh, and that's where we get Sex and the City. Now we know that Sex and the City 2 comes out. And yeah, she wanted nothing to do with the role of Samantha. Uh, apparently, they were constantly uh, throwing snipes at each other in interviews. So in, for example, in November 2009, I want to link this guys in the show notes. Elle does, does a great breakdown of like their feud. But uh, I want to just read you some of these snippets here. But November 2009, Elle asked Parker about the rumors that Cattrall didn't get along with the other cast members. And she says, I don't think anybody wants to believe that I, 
uh, wait, I don't think anybody wants to believe that I love Kim. I adore her. I wouldn't have done the movie without her. Didn't and wouldn't. Yeah, so uh, Sarah Jessica Parker is usually giving like nice girl answers while Kim Cattrall was always giving kind of like real tea and just being like, nah, I don't like her. I don't like anyone I work with and stuff. And it all kind of came to a head when Kim Cattrall's brother died, right? And she posted about it on Instagram. And Sarah Jessica Parker posts oh my god i'm so sorry for your loss and then i that might have been the snapping moment for kim cattrall because kim cattrall snaps on her and mind you this is happening on instagram this is a very public forum and kim cattrall is just like you know what don't reach out to me and my family again i am done with your nice girl antics like this charade that you put on for everybody and just basically called her out as a mean girl right and this is where i think of that movie like mean girls like women have like just a nasty way of fighting that like you know, I guess sometimes men don't. Me as a gay man, okay. I understand. I, I'm going to encourage you to stop. Right I'm there. just saying, <laughs> I get it because I think there's like a, there's like more, I don't know, girl fights tend to be, from what I used to see in college, a lot more mind games than actual yes. physical fighting. And like, me as a gay guy, I also used to play those mind games who went fighting with other guys who would you resort to brute strength. I could do both. I'm just saying. Yes. <laughs> uh, so, it was rumored that uh, in twenty in twenty sixteen the script for Sex and the City three was approved. However, uh, Sarah Jessica Parker in twenty seventeen says no. She's this is her quote. We had this beautiful, funny, heartbreaking, joyful, very relatable script and story. It's not just disappointing that we don't get to tell the story and have the experience but more so for the audience that has been so vocal in wanting another movie that's that's what Sarah Jessica Parker says in 2017 uh Kim Cattrall in 2018 kind of wants to correct the record and she says the reason uh it's leaked that like the reasons that she didn't want to go forward the Sex and the City 3 is because she didn't like the script that involved a big dying and uh, Brady sexting her. Now, keep in mind, Brady was like, what, 15 at the time, right? So it would have been having Kim Cattrall's character like having sexual messages with like a minor. I uh, Again, keep in mind, like we've seen Samantha so hypersexualized. Like obviously Kim Cattrall's going to be like, enough is enough. Now I'm going to be flirting with a minor. Exactly. I think yeah. she was like, you know what? I'm done degrading myself from your <laughs> character. Like I can't be the only 50 year old woman here having sex all the time. Mm hmm. So, and, yeah. you know, she then goes on record and saying, nah, she's just done with Samantha as a character, wants to move on with her career. Mm, you know, in quotations, I won't put that like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> whatever we consider a career nowadays. Like, has she been on Dancing with the Stars yet? I feel like that's going to be one of her career moves. Uh, and finally, it was in tw- 2020, December, we get the news that they're going to proceed with a. Sex and the City show without Samantha. And as the year progresses, we learn little details such as the renaming of the show. Mm-hmm. It's now called And Just Like That. And I think the biggest FU to the original run of the show is that Patricia Field, who was the original costume designer for the show, and keep in mind, we had a lot of great wardrobes in the original mm-hmm. one, is not associated with this show. And you know what, guys? It shows. Yep. It shows. 1,000% crazy isn't it that crazy how it shows wow thank you so much for setting that up so are we team kim or are we team sjp um i'm team kim because i really hope that she's holding out enough i hope 
that she shows up for the final episode of this series. I don't think so. I hope that they threw her like a shit ton of money just for her to come in for like five minutes saying it's like, hello girls. And that's it. Like, I hope that she got her seven figure <laughs> yeah. salary just for SJP that. SJP wasn't even on the set for her saying <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, that's exactly. And it's just like, but you know what? She got her money. Yeah. And she <laughs> and has to not really what they be, want. Yeah. And she had to be associated with this kind of, I feel like train wreck is a little bit harsh way of calling this show. But this show is very, I think, a little problematic in my opinion. Oh yeah, just a little. <clears throat> I think I'm a little. I think I'm. I think I'm Team Kim just because she was the only one that realized, you know, like kind of leave a good thing alone. Yeah. Them constantly going back to Sex and the City is just ruining the reputation of the original show more and more mm-hmm. every like, time they yeah, revisit they're ruining it. Their own reputations as well. That too. Yeah. Them. I'm yeah. totally Team Kim. I was a little on the fence, but after seeing what they're doing, yeah, thousand percent team Kim. So the the new end, just like that, takes the show and the movies into account, right? So it's just kind of picking up where the last movie kind of left off. It like plays the music from the movie. In the it show. does. It doesn't even no, play the theme song. Oh, look at that! Wow. Uh, yeah, no theme song. You know, it's just all of these shows now don't have time for theme songs they just like to put the title up and that's it that's what's cool these days yeah i wish i had used a better font i was just about to say and it's like the worst title card every time it pops up and like yeah, it's just like no design whatsoever it looks like yeah it looks like someone did it on yes. like photoshop not even on word <laughs> yeah not even you know? not in, yeah they use paint <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Shit, yeah. But you know, it's interesting because the moment the show starts, what do they address? The, that Samantha's not there. Yeah. They it, waste no time. I mean, I appreciated that, but then as the episodes went on and they're constantly mentioning her, I'm like, all right, like we don't need to talk about it all the time. I like that they talked about her first thing, got it out of the way in the first episode. That was fine for me. But then that she kept being brought up over and over again. I was like, like, leave this alone. You don't think it was kind of shady the way they did it, though? I thought, I thought it was, it was shady. shady, yeah. I thought that they were kind of making Carrie a victim of Samantha's yeah. games, yeah. you know? And it makes no sense. It makes absolutely no sense no how she just suddenly stop talking to them. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, the week this show came out, the t- the TikToks I was seeing about people just be flipping out saying, it's just like, this is not Samantha. Like, Samantha no. would just she not. She would never do that. She would yeah. not do this. She's no. not that close-minded. No. Right. Like that's the thing that like she's the one person who would never judge any of the girls no matter what they were fucking doing, whether it was cheating or, you know, just like being an awful person. She was never judgmental. Well, so, not like, just that. Why would think, she care about that? Well, it was more so about the fact that like she the reason they broke up though was because uh Carrie, Carrie fired, fired her, her as a yeah. publicist, right? And it's just like I just don't think Samantha was established enough that like I don't think Carrie would be who's reading columnists anymore or books even. You know what and I mean? that's so exactly just like, what she said. Like, I don't like, like no I, one's reading I, books. I, so I feel like I Samantha would have dropped her first. Ridiculous. Wait, what'd you say, Rolando? I didn't hear that. That I think Samantha would have dropped her first yeah. as a, as a, you as would like, have you know. advised Carrie to like, you mm-hmm. should drop me. I should no longer be your publicist. This yeah. Is not, yeah. 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 Because. Yeah, Samantha was always just that bitch who was she was always there for her girls. Yeah. Before. And this the show kind of like besmirched her honor by saying, Oh, she was just in it for the money, I guess. It's just like, no, Samantha most certainly was not. Yeah. Now yeah. after 25 years. No. Yeah. I'm not your friend anymore. 
And then they just don't let it go. She's like, I already lost Samantha. I'm not going to lose another friend. It's like, oh my God. If I was Kim Cattrall, I'd be pissed. Seriously. <laughs> like, stop fucking talking about me. Because uh, now, now you're ruining my character's reputation. You know? I don't know. Kim Cattrall might be having the last laugh. And if she's not associated, if she doesn't show up in the final episode, the final minute of the final episode of this season, she's having the last <laughs> laugh by saying, she's like, well, I'm not, I had nothing to do with this, guys. Yeah. And now you know why. Well, it's interesting because without Samantha, you know, you get the other three and you lose a really big dynamic. You know, everyone's practically everyone's favorite character, too. And now we're just kind of left with, you know, women in their mid 50s dealing with children and their relationships, you know, like they're all kind of dealing with the same stuff. And mm-hmm. interestingly enough, I told you guys this last time that the beginning, the age that they are for and just like that is the same age that the Golden Girls were at when the Golden Girls started in 1985. Yes, I have seen that uh, on Instagram and stuff. Oh, and, yeah. uh, you know, I also saw on TikTok that someone was just wondering, just like, are do they really look that different or is it just that we have modern hairstyles nowadays? <laughs> <laughs> well, so, you know, back in the day, being turning 40 like i said for betty davis it was a death sentence for her right so i think women knew that once they reached a certain age that was it now they're mothers or they're even fucking grandmothers and they didn't they just embraced it not j-lo but nowadays women are actively being like well no i'm not going to now dress my age in quotation marks like what the fuck does that even mean i'm not going to stop you know doing what i'm doing so we've we've approached age differently and i think because of that women look younger longer yeah and i think that's one of the nicer things that it's like oh wow look at how women in their 50s you know dress themselves now as opposed to how women in their 50s dress themselves 20 years ago yeah well yeah, huge I think difference interesting so you're looking at this off from straight up physical what i was kind of looking forward to was uh-huh. seeing women of a certain age kind of behaving like not what we expect women of a certain age to behave right like that's what i was kind of looking forward to in and just like that seeing women of a certain age just behaving and not badly but like not as society deems is appropriate which is what we originally got in sex in the city right Mm -hmm. and i think again kind of giving that aspirationalness of the original thing because i think no matter what society is still making us constantly afraid of getting older well yeah that's why i think the way that they the physical aspect of it is actually really interesting just because of the way that people look at women and people look at women of a certain age. Mm -hmm. And I guess I just am happy that it's more sexually acceptable for people to just like to, to combat that and to not even think about their age as a thing and the way they physically represent themselves. But it's interesting because as much as they physically represent themselves, the way that they actually represent themselves emotionally and, and uh, mentally I feel like is actually pretty oddly conservative, but trying really hard to be progressive. Right. (laughs) That makes sense. I I use the word regressive just because I, the one who I think regressed the most was Miranda. Mm -hmm. So, okay. So I guess we should get into like what the plot is about. Yeah, I think we should. Yeah. So, and just like that takes place after sex in the city Two. 
And uh, we're see we just shove ourselves back into the lives of all these women. But the biggest change that has happened is by the end of the first episode, spoiler guys, uh, Mr. Big dies because of a Peloton accident. And uh, real quick, Eddie, do you think Carrie could have saved Mr. Big? Oh. Yes. So make some effort. Yeah. Right. I, I, there was this weird like need to hold him and her falling into the shower too yeah um yeah he basically could have put him in recovery like laid him out um minister cpr uh give him his nitroglycerin pills yeah as she's talking to the 911 operator uh yeah no um, there's a lot you know it it was i i felt like if they were because there was no reason for him to if it was gonna be that way i don't think there was no reason for him to be alive yeah 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 for him to to be found alive you know, I, 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 yes, I, 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 I would have thought that it would have had the same power that it was. Um, it could have been much stronger like it was for, for when Buffy found her mother dead. Yeah, oh, I agree. Yeah. yeah. Finding your dead body, and, you know, just find, And then you, you, in that moment of like, you think they're alive and they're just kidding or something or, you know, stop playing or, you know, but I, I felt like you have seconds. Do something. Yeah. Yes. So why are you getting your shoes wet? Damn it. <laughs> so Tina, do you agree? Do you think that Carrie could have done something for Mr. Big? Absolutely. When she right? walks into the bathroom and he's there, like slumped against the wall, and they look at each other, like I'm just like, what are you doing? If I walked into the bathroom and I saw my husband like that, I would be like, hello, what's wrong? Like, what's wrong with you? Are you okay? Oh my god, you're not talking back. I'm calling nine one one. Like, right. you're just looking at him. Like, do it's, something. It was mind-boggling. So that is the end of the first episode. Mr. Big dies. And now we're seeing kind of Carrie, for the rest of the series, kind of picking up the pieces. Mm. Can we talk about what killed him, though? Oh, that's right. Well, Peloton. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The internet broke with that one. Peloton. Oh, yeah. Not only the internet, but also Peloton's stock market, uh, stock price crashed as that a result so of this episode. Funny. Supposedly. <laughs> that I, decision I, on them backfired. That show uh, billions. Uh-huh. Yes, I was just about to say, and then a character on billions yeah. died. Peloton's, off the Peloton. yeah, Peloton's <laughs> character is getting just assassinated. <laughs> and then the fucked up part is, so they they made a commercial in twenty four hour or like in a span of a weekend to uh, combat the bad PR. Mm-hmm. And it was attached with Chris Knopf, and then all those allegations of Chris Knopf came out like a week later. Oh so Peloton immediately pulled that commercial. I know. So it was just it was a bad it was, it was bad times for Peloton. So if you <laughs> want to invest in some stock, I think right now it's probably the shitter to the point where it's just like now's the time, guys. Now's the time. <laughs> um, Warning, guys, do not take my financial advice. We should have those cool buttons that yeah, this uh, podcast has. Warning, uh, yes. It, Carrie is now also a podcaster. She is a get uh, like a host of like this woke podcast that the little tries too hard. Co-host. She's a co-host. Yeah, she is uh, one of three. Uh, it should be only one of two to be quite honest, because that one guy does yeah, I know, absolutely guy does nothing. nothing. <laughs> he's so. I mean, not he, physically, he's just but there he, to be another POC. He's so grimy. Yes. It's just the yes. grimiest person I think I've ever so seen on greasy. screen. It's just nasty. And they're, oh, trying, well. trying, they're trying to make... No, no, no. But like, I like his that character, guy. <laughs> he's supposed to have... But he's also supposed to be like showing like the cis male point of view. Yes. But like, who's he banging? Exactly. Who is it? Who's going to touch him with a 10-foot I mean, I, I will say Bobby Lee is pretty prolific and has a pretty strong fan base and pretty... Who the hell is Bobby Lee? Swag. That's, that's <laughs> who he is. Who? 
He's I don't know who he's kind of he's kind of huge. In uh, what circle? I mean, I know him, so he's <laughs> definitely like famous. I feel like you know like obscure stuff though. <laughs> I guess so. I don't know, but I actually I I like him, and I like Che, but I felt oh, like God. their show <laughs> is definitely not accurate as to how a show of two people like that would be talking. They're not going to spend all their fucking time talking about their agenda or fucking identities all the time or their like, political, yeah. you know, uh, ideals. It's, it's just every, like, it rules their fucking lives. Every episode felt like they were introducing the show, you know, every time that we cut to them, it's just like, they're like introducing the show yet again. Yeah. Uh, what else is going on in the ladies' eyes? So yeah, so Carrie is now a widow. Um, Miranda is a alcoholic and yeah. uh, doesn't listen to podcasts, guys. This is what drives me crazy because yeah, everything I've seen about Miranda, she, she loves her phone. She apparently there was an episode of her where she was like so sad that she was away from like uh, intern, uh, like phone reception. She couldn't check her emails. You're telling me that this woman doesn't listen to podcasts? Mm-hmm. No, <laughs> lies. Those are lies. And also, I feel like this. And she has like microaggressions against this uh, black professor, which I just don't think was in character for nope. Miranda. Nope, one thousand percent. She's the like, last character that would do that. Yeah, Charlotte and giving her- apparently is more woke than Miranda. Mm-hmm. Ridiculous. Uh, Yeah, Charlotte, like her main storyline is that she has a daughter who is possibly trans, uh, possibly considering trans or at least is non binary. This is all new to Charlotte, who, you know, as we mentioned, she's kind of like the stuck up one. And those are the three, yeah, that's it. Those are the three main characters. Well, they have a bunch of new characters that they're uh, trying to make. I don't know if main characters, but at least supporting characters where we oh, yeah. see them every single episode. Someone's got to replace, uh, someone's got to replace Samantha. Someone's right? got so to replace Samantha. So no, no, yeah. No. So. so this is my biggest thing. No one <laughs> has to replace Samantha. Samantha <laughs> is irreplaceable. There does not need to be a fourth seat every time these women go out to eat filth. I That's don't true. need to see Stanford there. I do not need to see Anthony there. That would never happen. <laughs> and mm-hmm. then now all of a sudden Carrie's realtor is coming to lunch with these women. Like, you don't have to do this. Stop I agree with you. This. However, mm-hmm. her realtor, I think, is... I like Shay, in theory, but Cena is the one who I think has stolen the show, and I'm ready to say it's just like, if I just if you just gave me a show with just Cena and maybe her friendship with Shay, and this was going to be the show, I'd be like, yeah, give me that show, because Cena, A, is so sexy uh, for a woman her age. She but is she, the best like, fashion on that show. She, oh, she, yeah, easily the best fashion, and she just exudes, like, a sexiness yeah. that, like, I think all the three main characters are trying so hard to kind of exude. She's just so flawless in this, like, and just, just, just oozing out of her. Yeah. Uh, I and think I feel like she's all the know. three um, friends of color of all the main girls. Like, what's her name? Um, oh, the, the professor. Bexley, the woman, the other mom in Charlotte's. Oh, school. oh, uh, Charlotte's friend. Yes, and then yeah, LTW Miranda's professor. Sorry, what did you say, Rolanda? LTW. I think that was her nickname. Yes, yes, yeah. LTW. So fucking stupid. <laughs> like, who talks about someone that you personally know like that? Who knows someone true. that? 
This is uh, fucking stupid. This, this show has the worst writing I've ever heard in the show. <laughs> we can't believe Darren Chris saw that. Uh, no. no, Darren Chris. Darren Star. No. <laughs> Darren Chris. <laughs> He's like, what did I do? Um, <laughs> but like, Seema yeah. is great. Dr. Nia Wallace, Miranda's mm-hmm. professor. They're all great characters. I would watch shows about all three of those characters separate from this. Mm-hmm. You do not need to put them into this world. Because that's not what we're here for. We're not here to learn about these three new characters. I'm not here to watch that. I'm here to pick back up with Miranda, Charlotte, and Carrie. And that's where this show fails. Is they're, they're putting way too much else into this world. And we don't give a shit about that. I don't, wanna, yeah. I don't care to know about anybody new. I don't give a fuck if this professor can't get pregnant. Oh, well, I don't mm-hmm. give a shit. I don't know you. Oh, yeah. yeah. I feel like Who they, are you? They, yeah. they started crossing the line once they started giving me just scenes with them. And I was just like, what? Why exactly. am I why like, am I getting her story? Like this came out of nowhere. Yes. Uh, like then all of a sudden they showed the professor's husband. And mm-hmm. he was talking on the phone. I'm like, who the fuck is this guy? And right. then you saw yeah. that he's talking to her. I'm like, oh, I don't care yeah, what yeah, you guys yeah. are talking and about. Look, I am aware of why the creators tries to introduce these new characters yeah. especially specifically also people of color yes but it does feel a little bit like uh Force. like service yes like you yeah. know what i mean like they they're, they're yeah. the it feels very much like they're checking out those boxes yes specifically here's my so i like shay as a character in theory but shay is crossing off so many boxes with her monologuing and stuff that it just feels oh. like a caricature oh yeah yeah like she's oh, on stage yeah. and people are laughing and i'm like but she's not funny. Yeah, she's she's just no like, jokes. She's and just trying to empower all people. These bookings for all these different events. Like she gets a Netflix show. She gets a Netflix mm-hmm. comedy special where everybody in the audience stands the entire time, by the way. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That, she gets a spot in a parade where, or a, what do you call it? A protest, whatever it is. It's just like, yeah. is she the only non-binary person in New York? That she's just constant. They are constantly mm-hmm. speaking everywhere that they go. You know, like it's the yeah. only non-binary person that these companies are hiring, and she. But and like, not even that she's yeah. supposed to be hilarious, right? Like Miranda's just dying of laughter anytime oh she either God. is watching her perform or listening. But literally, she's not saying any jokes. She's just there for people to go. Wee! Right, Wee! right. You know, yeah. like representation and all this stuff. Because it's also like. Uh, that's you know like all POCs want is just to hear things for us to go woo you know it's just like it's like a couple years ago this show got flack like a lot of shows in the past got flack like how come there were no people of color in this Mm -hmm. show absolutely you know this show took place in New York City the most diverse city in the world that's not true the women did date black men they did date Hispanic men wait did it's just like I actually I don't think I ever saw an episode where she it was always white, the episodes that I watched. <laughs> I mean, a good majority of them were, but it wasn't yeah. like they, they they didn't. But, you know, so... but, but it, like, So they're trying to make up for that by mm-hmm. putting Carrie in a podcast with an Asian person and a non-binary person and a disabled person that also works there. Plus, Charlotte's oh, yeah. daughter is going through her yeah. transition. Plus, each woman is going to have a friend of color. It's just like, it's too much. Yeah. And we don't need Which, all these storylines. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it is a bit much because 
These are the same girls who didn't accept bisexuality not that long ago. And now all of a sudden Carrie's going to a Diwali dinner. I just don't know if I buy that life for her. I mean, I'm not like necessarily against her having other friends, but I also just don't think she'd be that woke in her life. And the things that I liked about Carrie was that she was a really flawed person who was really embarrassing, but all of a sudden she's like this super woke, you know, like composed person. I just don't fucking buy it. I actually kind of would have liked it if they were more resistant to change because, and this is before you... I do want to hear your rebuttal, Rolando, but this is also kind of like my overall theory about this show. And one of the things that I've brought up a lot on this show when it comes to reviving TV shows is that I believe people don't like change in media, but change is a very necessary part of life, right? Mm -hmm. You have to change. Change is healthy and change is necessary. But people hate change. People are scared of change in their own lives, but even more so in media, right? We just don't like it. What Mm -hmm. we want to see is what we're used to. Don't change it up. And they are changing things up. And these characters are changing. You know, a big one is what's happening to Miranda. Mm -hmm. This is not the Miranda we know, but we all know what happened in Cynthia Nixon's own life. And we know that this is what they, they were trying to make it more realistic to who Cynthia Nixon is. So it's not, incredibly unlikely that this would happen but it's not the Miranda that we know so it's like so it's interesting because this whole show me watching it has made me think about our relationship with change because they are trying to change it so much that it's no longer the show that we recognize or that we were looking forward to seeing if we were even looking forward to it when I saw the first episode I was like okay this is good I like this this is very much like what I watched before after that, it changed a little bit, but then by the fourth episode, I was like, I really dislike this. I agree with like with with that. Like by the fourth episode, for sure, is kind of when the show is trying to be yeah. not sex and steam. Yes, once yeah. you realize what they're doing, it's like this is not likable. None of this is likable, and I don't know if it's because things are changing. Like, yeah, we get that these characters are growing and things are changing. It's just. For me, it just feels like they're just trying too hard and it's not believable. Yeah. Yeah. Where's the line get drawn between like changing it so much to actually like staying true to who these characters are? Because, you know, things happen in the movie, but it was something that felt organic. Mm-hmm. None of this has really felt some of it feels somewhat organic, but a lot of it hasn't. Oh, yeah. all right. So, yeah, this is what I want to come. I'm going to counterpoint you a little bit here. So. Uh, and I'm fully keep in mind I'm actually not I, I, I only really saw like the first season of Sex and the City I'm not like the biggest fan of mm-hmm. Sex and the City right so I don't have like a connection to it but I will say this the uh, you know you said that like oh like you know you want to see these women resistant to change I actually I'm okay with kind of seeing the changes these women of a certain age are going through that is fine with me because I think on some level what I kind of we need to see some of that change, especially of this white women of this certain age. They need to kind of go through a little bit of a change to kind of get with the times a little because, like, let's be real. The word Karen is around for a reason, right? Technically speaking, like, I feel like uh, these three would be Karen. Samantha would never be a Karen. But these three all have the potential to be a Karen at least once in their life. Once a week, probably. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So... Uh, I actually, I, I kind of like the fact that they're kind of expanding their circle a little. And I actually didn't think, for example, that like uh, specifically Carrie going to a Diwali 
event isn't that far. It, it didn't feel outrageous to me because I think they, the reason you needed big to die was to otherwise we'd be stuck with the same story, right? Yeah. So yeah. it's either she has to get a divorce and then we're watching the divorce on HBO again, mm-hmm. or he dies and we have to see Harry kind of pick up the pieces. That's okay with me. Yeah. Her friendship with Seema developing that felt organic. It's uh, when we're really focusing on these other tertiary characters, right? Mm-hmm. Where I'm starting to be like, I don't know if we need this one. Specifically, for example, the professor. I actually like the professor's character. I just don't know what she's doing with this with the series because she feels so outside of this series yeah. that she feels like easily like checking a box. I'm going to make that argument about Shay also because in theory it is someone who is organic to the storyline, right? Like, you know, Carrie has a podcast now and we have this really woke caricature. However, it, it, inserting her organically into Miranda's storyline is fine. I just think it just kind of, I don't know. It, it, it's kind of, I, I wasn't a fan of the way they handled that, to be quite honest, because it kind of made, it kind of made Shay a little predatory in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and I think the other thing is just like, it made me hate Carrie because Carrie, this moment, she just caught her friend getting finger banged on the kitchen counter. And what does she do? She turns this into a moment about her. Oh my God. I peed my bed because of you. I'm just like, yo girl, your best friend here is getting finger fucked. <laughs> All right. And you have nothing else to say except the fact that you pissed yourself on the bed. Like how about, Okay we should talk exactly. you're married like, what what's going on happening? like you let me pee myself like, so yeah like she she was so mad but it was about the wrong reasons yeah that's and, very carry yeah. you know that's the thing i think this show was making me i i'm liking all the other characters i'm hating carrie so much because she's always finding ways to make things about herself that's carrie i know but like here's <laughs> the thing it's just like this is where she should have grown up a little like you would think the death of her husband would make her see these errors in her way but like nah they just made them like worse but i think that ma- yeah. I, but i think that yeah. that's that's it grief does does that to you yeah like, it, i don't it, know it, 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 it magnifies that sense of you're so sensitive of these external things, too. Um, and at the same time, everything can can be like, I'm in pain. I'm sad. Mm-hmm. You know, I just lost the love of my life. You know, I don't care about your problems because they don't seem to be as big as what you think you are because... Talk to me when you lose someone that you really mm-hmm. care about and that you really love. But that just feels like, well, who wants to be with a friend like that? Who's always going to one-up you? It's just like, I'm going through this in my life. That's well, true. my husband died. Just like, oh, all right. I know, like, cool. okay, you win, I guess. Yeah, like, not only did her husband die, but she has to get hip surgery and all her friends are, like, at her bedside 24-7. Like, I understand. Her husband died, but it's just like, all right, but like, you're also he, rich. Both of these women have children. <laughs> like, you know I mean? Yes, they're yeah. children, but they have, like, actual lives and other people that they have to care about. And now they're stopping all that to come over here and babysit you for no reason. Like, you're not even sleeping. You're in your own world. You're in a daze. What am I here for? Like, you don't want my help. You're yelling at me when I come to help you. Yeah. And I feel like Carrie was so mean in the first couple of episodes to yeah. Charlotte. Yeah. Like, I, it made me, it made me like, I was so mad at Carrie. I'm just like, yo, Char- like, Charlotte can be in her feelings. Like, this, they all know. Obviously, Carrie knows Mr. Big in a very intimate way that they never will. 
But they knew him. They know their history. They've been around just as long. They've been there for the ups and the downs. All right. Mr. Big Dying hurts them just as much as it hurts her. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it's kind of so selfish of her to like not want uh, Charlotte around because like, oh, my God, all you do is cry. It's like, yeah, it's her. It's her grief. It manifests in her way. Ah, man, I was I was getting so mad at Carrie throughout this whole watch of this series. Uh, And that's when I decided. And every time Seema was around, I really would get hooked when Seema would come around because I'm just like, ah, finally, like like a character brought out like a better side of Carrie where Mm -hmm. Carrie was able to just not care anymore. She did start smoking again, but, you know, she was able to find that happiness and out, you know, outside of her girls, which is fine. Yeah. yeah, and Seema's the only one who called her out for being uh, self-centered. Mm-hmm. Where she's like, hey, we all say shit sometimes and we don't realize how the other people uh, affect it. Like, for instance, yeah. you did that to me the other day, so we good? <laughs> it's true. Um, and, God, it, all it takes is that one for Carrie to, like, dr- realize, like, oh, my God. That's it. There's all just- it takes is one person to be like, you're right. Let's have some sushi now. Yeah, my friend. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Like, okay. And then all these irrational decisions that Carrie was also making in the process of grief. Again, her friends are telling her, like, really? You might want to just stop and breathe. And she's like, nah, I'm going to fucking sell my place. I'm going to buy this apartment. Are you sure? You have time. You don't have to do this now. I bought it already. Yeah. No, she's impulsive. Yeah. No, I already messaged Natasha, so I'm talking about it even though I'm already doing it, you know? Yeah, it's that TikTok of, uh, girl, don't do it. Nah, I'm not going to do it. I'm only thinking about it. I'm I'm not going to do it. I did it. You know, that's Carrie. That is Carrie right there. She let Mr. Big die, and then she He's making all these impulsive decisions with her money. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, that's what you. Oh, Nicole, you were. Uh, what did you think? Do you think that she let him die? <laughs> oh, when they were just staring at each other for yeah. like a while. That's uh, a I mean, she ran up, but she was just hugging him. It's just like you have time. He's literally. We see him breathing. It's not like he was like, just what not is acting. Him going to do? Like, yeah. You know? I guess my uh, my defense is, is that sometimes when you have something like that happen, the shock of it, not knowing what to do and kind of like how to even handle it is pretty real. I don't know. He was on nitroglycerides because I just feel like usually your partner is aware when you have a heart condition, nitroglycerides are the first thing you run to. Well, I don't know. I mean, I can't say that if something were to happen, I would immediately be like, what I have to do is this and go do it. You know, it might take me a second to process it. You need to like brush up on your partner I'm more of a carry, so that's why. I just, I'll tell you this much. That would not have happened to Miranda or Samantha. Maybe Charlotte. Charlotte might be the only one I could see, like, maybe having a little bit of a panic attack and, like, not doing the right. But she would at I least feel, call 911. I don't know. I feel like yeah. Char- Charlotte's motherly instincts would go on maybe. overdrive. I think you're right. Yeah, she yeah, has. Yeah. She. I've just seen this in, in a variety of different women in my life who are just, like, you, you think that they're one way, but when the, when it, when the crisis comes especially somebody they care about, they just become like terminators of the situation. They're like, do this, do this, do this, do this. I got this. Don't uh-huh. worry about this. You know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, you're right. I can see that for Charlotte too. Yeah, it's just Carrie. Carrie only wanted him to die for the drama. That's, that was that's, so that's, dramatic. That's the shower was going. The shoes were ruined. Just, <laughs> the shoes. They just the shoes. The shoes. Was just like, Take the shoes. Wait, were those shoes in the first movie? Were they important from like the first movie? They were the wedding shoes. I know. Yeah. I assume that we see them in the first movie. I never saw the first movie. Uh, How did you guys feel about Samantha just sending flowers? Do you think that that's something Samantha would have done, or would she have come to the? She would have come. 
Yeah. She would have come. I, I agree. Times. I think she would have gone to the funeral. I don't think she would have just sent flowers. Yeah. No. Also, why did Car- Did anyone think that it was a little... Maybe this was just me thinking when I, my father died and, like, you know, you're, like, in your own headspace. But, like, where I was going to have the week is not something that I put that much thought into, right? Like, she had to mm-hmm. have that white gallery space and she just put on a production yes. for her husband's funeral. It just felt, I don't know. Again, like, all eyes on me, me, like me. Him. Like the first yeah. place that she went to felt like Mr. Big. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I agree. He's yeah. an old yeah. soul. Like, yes, this this old place that's very nice actually does look like Mr. Big. Which is what, uh, what her gay friend said that, right? Like, it's just like, oh, she's still putting on this show for us. I'm just like, okay, good. So you guys see this. <laughs> that this yeah. that she's always putting it on for you guys. And it's just like, someone's not going to help her and say, stop. Just stop. Yeah. <laughs> well, they're, they're too busy enjoying the show. <laughs> I guess. Um, what of this worked for you and what didn't work for you at all? Let's go with the fan first. Ooh. I don't know that a lot of it did work for me. I really dislike this show. <laughs> I don't think I. I think the first episode worked for me, and that's it. Mm. I don't like the fashion. I think they're just trying too hard to please too many people, and they can't. Like, there's just way too many storylines going. They want us to focus on so much. And they're just taking away from the core of the show. It's like if we brought back friends, but we're going to see what's happening with the Geller's parents or Gunther. Right. Or (laughs) all these other side (laughs) characters. There's like their children. Like, I don't give a shit about their children. That's not why I watched it. I watched it for them. And now you're showing me everything but them. Yeah. I don't like that. Yeah. Um, I guess for me, I liked the characters, but I didn't like them in the show, at least the new characters. Um, I, I like Carrie. And like I said, I like SJP. I mean, I I don't doubt that she's a mean girl and I am team Kim, but, um, I, I did enjoy these new characters. I just didn't like them in the context of the show. And I didn't like how they kind of felt like how people think people like me talk because mm-hmm. i i look at chain i'm like oh that's like me you know right. like that's kind of my energy and all this stuff but then it's also like but i don't fucking talk like that 24 7 yeah. like but i don't completely think like, like that i don't know if i would that's the thing she's a little more butchy i'm actually trying to step into the more androgynous uh, zone. Oh, I, don't, I think that haircut was so chic it was good she- but it, it's very butch yeah and it's just i'm trying to be less butch these days it's uh, you know, i actually i actually i didn't read that haircut as butch because it read very uh I thought it read very androgynous. Like it could, I, I could, I could see that working on both a guy or a woman. Yeah. Uh, I well, yes, I agree. But also, butches tend to, and I can say this because I, I have identified as a butch lesbian. That we have haircuts that are that men can pull off, <laughs> and women can pull off. So that doesn't necessarily make it androgynous. Like there's a kind of a fine line. All like right. um, if you look at a butch lesbian, you could tell she's a butch lesbian. But if you look at an androgynous lesbian, you can't tell if it's a guy or a girl. And that's the okay. point. I feel like um, you, you get the that. difference. Woke. You get the difference. Woke alert. That's true. <laughs> that's woke alert. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Uh, But like, 
I don't know. And I don't know how much I buy her with Miranda. Um, I think that it's unethical for a professor to be hanging out with a student like that, especially mm-hmm. one as embarrassing as Miranda. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, um, I don't know. I've hung out with my professors before. We've yeah, hung out with professors that. before. What are you talking what do you about? We've drunk with your professors. Not, it's different. Like, it's different. Would you tell your professor if you were a woman that you got your period? Uh, no. Like, they're I mean, becoming I, friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That. yeah. I, yeah. Like, like no, like they're becoming friends. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. not like a professor student relationship. That yeah. like, of no, course, like we've gone out to for coffee or dinner, yeah. even mm. or lunch, whatever. They're taking yeah, time yeah. out of school to hang out with each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's like uh, her deepest darkest secrets. Mm-hmm. That's like you know, like they there's a term for that. I think that's like a violation of ethics or something too, because then that's like your personal friend, so you might do things differently and treat them differently, and that's just wrong. Okay. All right, fine. You got um, me there. <laughs> Play devil's advocate sometimes you get burnt. I don't know. Yeah, there you go. Uh, and the kids, I actually want to see more of these young people or at least know more of their story. And they had oh, an opportunity to, to say, okay, maybe we need more people in the show. Why not show us a little bit of Lily's perspective or Rock's perspective instead of just the parents? Maybe Brady, even though they're just making him to a fuckboy and that's whatever. Oh, I, don't um, need, I don't need Brady. Boy, but... no. yeah, <laughs> like, you're telling me that Ginger is going to be Getting all that punani, no way. <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't know. I mean, that girl is gorgeous. I can't tell. She's, she's so beautiful with him, but that happens yeah. a lot. <laughs> that happens quite a lot. Um, you know, so Way too much. <laughs> but I also but, don't buy that Miranda and Steve just like completely give up on their marriage and parenting their child. That this girl just lives with them. Mm-hmm. And they just let him fuck her. And then in the she's next stepping room on and condoms. They hear it. Like, it uh-huh. just, that's crazy that these two characters would allow that. Yeah. Or then I found it weird, right? When she just flips out about him smoking weed. I'm just like, well, you're letting him like, yes, bang. Exactly. Well, I think she did like hit her breaking point in that moment and flipped out because she held so much in yeah. for so long. But then for the next episode to show. That he's right back to doing the same bullshit. <laughs> right, right. Like it's like okay, so what good did that do? Yeah, yeah, he is the most. He's actually the truest of the sitcom type of characters, right? Where they all revert back to status quo yeah. at the end of each episode. So yeah, there also- was a there was an episode. Uh, I forget which one it was, but I think they're playing tennis or something, and it cuts to I have the tiger playing. Uh, and it turns into like this whole you know comedic sequence. And it was at that very moment that I was like, that's right this show is being written by baby boomers who are trying their utmost to be relevant and yet they're choosing eye of the tiger as a comedic thing something that has been so overused Mm. and so 20 25 years ago that it just showed its age it showed the writer's age Uh and it immediately dated itself this shows the um yeah and it was just like in that little gesture that it all came like full circle for me i'm so disappointed um, in you because you had a moment right now where you could say and just like that i realized <laughs> but you did right, well, let's, let's put it back and just like that i realized and then we can insert it um <laughs> but yeah i mean that's and that's the thing too i think you know they said that at one once upon a time apparently they're like oh we're gonna leave the show and leave it on a bang and stuff and then they fucking ruined it. And then they ruined it again. And they ruined it even more. And it's like this. Des- it's like that episode where Carrie desperately wants to be cool, but then she doesn't realize like how she's coming off. That's what the show is. 
Yeah. And that's pretty much, you know, and why. And all they do is talk about how old they are. And it's like, yeah. oh my but God, shut up. Didn't the Golden Girls too? Golden Girls didn't always talk about how old they were, no. Um, then literally just the handful of episodes I've seen where they're always referencing their age. <laughs> I mean, but you can reference your age without talking about how old oh, you are. Oh, I see what are. you mean. Like they, you're right. I mean, Golden Girls uses it for comic relief. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Where they're here to just literally just complain about being old, which is, which is the opposite of what I would want this show to do, right? Where it should be showing. It's just like, yeah, who cares? Like, yeah. we're fucking fabulous. They all arrived to Big's funeral and Harry and Charlotte greet Miranda and Steve. And Harry says to Steve, like, Steve, you're looking tired. And he says, I have a hearing aid. Like, <laughs> Why? Why are you bringing that up? Like, oh, I'm miserable. I have a hearing aid. Like, I'm not mentioning that to anybody if that's my issue. Like, yes, we're at our friend's funeral and I can't hear in my left ear anymore. Oh, well, I mean, we know someone like that who is constantly referring to their hearing aid. (laughs) You know? Maybe that that is just true of uh, men of a certain age. (laughs) Maybe. Oh, Uh, really? That's hilarious. Yeah. Don't be losing fans. <laughs> Don't be losing fans. No shade if you listen. Don't get canceled. That's <laughs> my bad. It's not theirs. <laughs> uh, do you guys think there's going to be a second season? Yes. I unfortunately do. Yeah, I, I, I thought I heard that it was renewed, but I'm looking it up. I don't think it's been officially renewed. I think it's just rumored to have been renewed. Uh, but I, I don't know. I, I can't. I don't, the the reception from the fans, at least what I've seen on TikTok and Twitter, right? And I feel like that's how we know how the audience is thinking, yes. obviously. Mm-hmm. Hasn't been very warm to this show. Yes. That's what I was so, wondering. What I see is people do not like this. Yeah. And I was hoping I wasn't being biased in my view. No, a lot of people do not like this. Yeah. No. Well, you know, there's a lot of characters that are getting hate. One of them is is Che. She's actually a lot of people have called her one of the worst characters on uh, television. Yeah. You know, which, I don't know about. That's I don't like know if I think about. I, yeah, that's but. a that's a bit much for me. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. Like, why? I don't know. I, I wonder why people are particularly against her. Maybe it's because well, they think, toned her into such a caricature. And she's no, yeah, that's realistic. what I'm going to say. It's just like, I think it's because she's a caricature. Yeah. Like, she's yeah. not really like a fully realized character. Like, I actually would be okay with Shay if they just made her like having a podcast and she's just a fuckboy persona. Mm. That's fine with yeah. me. Like, we mm-hmm. don't need to have her be so. Like, she's so. She's so ready to just explain to you what woke is yes. and that what drives me crazy yes. her. like she can be she's allowed to be who she is and not have to constantly tell me like what is proper pro, you know what i mean like seriously. not to be like a, she, you seriously. know not, not to be yeah. the pc principle uh she's almost you know I mean? like a gatekeeper for the lgbt right. community and i fucking hate that shit yeah. there you go yeah. and i think that's so that's what because in theory again i say this in theory this character should work in like in theory like in theory her sexual chemistry with miranda makes sense right like in theory like that scene where she's like giving her the shotgun is supposed to be titillating right but when she's giving you then but that's followed up after her kind of cringy stand-up comedy right uh so it's just like you know you have to deal with like that yeah i'm just you know so i don't know i'm just like i actually i i don't like shay and i think shay has the possibility of being redeemed if they give a second season and they give it to like more 
competent writers. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah, who under actually understand the people that they're trying to include. Yeah, in I mean, this, I don't, I don't know what the writing staff is made up of, but yeah. to your point, I don't disagree with you, Nicole. I do I think, think it's like older. I think the writers actually have their own podcast. Where they explain themselves after every explain episode. their decisions. <laughs> oh God! I'm, I'm not 100 sure about this, but I'm pretty sure that's a real thing. It could be. Yeah, <laughs> HBO has been doing that a lot, like putting, mm-hmm. making podcasts of their shows and stuff. So it's yeah. possible. Yeah. yeah. So I guess but, the big question that we have to ask to end to all of this is: No, don't end this yet. We have to talk about one of the most <laughs> funniest things I, oh. I've seen on this on this show. Oh, what? Is it speaks to. Sarah Jessica Parker's uh, comedic abilities, especially physical comedy. The vomiting scene after her her date, her first date since uh, Mr. Big died, mm-hmm. where she is coming out laughing with this guy she just met, and they seem to have had a great first date. And he's laughing. They're laughing so hard that the guy ends up vomiting. Oh, just, as God. walking out in front of the restaurant. And then... And then you see, she sees this, and then she begins to vomit. <laughs> and then he begins to vomit even more watching her vomit. Mm. I thought that was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely hysterical. She's a great physical comedian. Yeah. She's great with physical comedy. I yeah. would, I, I agree. And, and it's so funny. Not like Sex in the City. Like when, I mean... You know, of course, she's on a date with the person. Things mm-hmm. go wrong, and it's funny. That was really funny to watch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, yeah, that's so funny. Oh well, for me, the one of the funniest moments came when like she was going to the restroom, and then she runs into Mr. Big's ex. Yes. That's another, like, you know, she yeah. burns her hands. That's, you know, that uh, that was actually a good episode or something. Yeah. Like, you know, the, yeah. like I said, the, that one was the show. Sad. I don't think the show is a complete flop i just think it's just like a little misdirected at times a lot of times but it's a little try hard yeah Yeah, for sure but nicole to your point was this question was was this question needed no was this show needed Mm -hmm. no absolutely i mean no i they wanted it they obviously are not ready to let it go i don't think they're ever going to be ready to let it go i think even in their 70s we're going to know what carrie bradshaw's up to (laughs) which you know sucks i'm definitely the type of person who thinks leave the party early leave them wanting more um and i think they might have tried to you know make up for what the second movie did even though they're never going to publicly admit that the second movie was just god awful Mm -hmm. uh and they just want to be relevant and everything that they were going for. It just was just, it seemed like, yeah, I missed see. the mark and just kind of seemed like kind of a desperate attempt in a weird way. You know, I don't know. Again, I don't think it's terrible and some of it does work for me, but um, some mm-hmm. of it doesn't. And I don't know. Yeah. Mm-mm. It it was just, but overall, it was just absolutely not necessary. One hundred percent not necessary. No. Okay, we would have been fine without this. So Tina, you agree oh, with yeah. that? Um, yes, I one thousand percent agree. Yeah, this is not uh, necessary. Eddie, do you have anything to chime in? Do you think I it was really necessary? Have no opinion about this. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, uh, I mean, I agree with you guys. I don't think it was. I don't think this was needed. I don't think. I don't think this was needed the only way i would say it was if they had just cop 
the money and, you know, had Kim Kattrall come back. Because what I'm realizing as I'm watching this is just like, Sex in the City was funny. Mm-hmm. Like, it was a funny show. This one is a lot more dour. Yeah. And that's yes. not what I wanted in a Sex in the City show. I felt like every time it started, it was sad and mm-hmm. quiet and it wasn't enjoyable. And then the very last thing it showed you left you with a gleam of hope that, okay, Carrie's feeling better or the situation's looking lighter and next week will be better. And then it just goes right back to just being like a downer and yeah, with all of them. Like they're right. all going through shit that's not fun to watch. Yeah. Yeah. But, and it's yeah. not what I expected from this show. So I don't like it. You know, if I'm mm-hmm. watching, I don't know, what's a drama that's on TV right now? <laughs> Euphoria. Uh, yes. Euphoria. I'm expecting, you know, some heavy shit. I'm not expecting that with this. Or this is Mm. us. Yes. Or this is us. Yes. Yes. There you go. That's an apt description there. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I I will say, I don't think any money would have gotten Kim Cattrall back. I think she's done. And I I think that she made her bed with SJP. Really? I don't know. Money talks. I guess, but like, I don't know that she seems to hate SJP. Genuinely. I genuinely think that they're going to give her seven figures just to come back for three seconds and be like, hello girls. And that's it. I've seen a lot of people say that they're thinking she might show up. Yeah. I I guarantee you. Or it's going to, Oh, here we go. Here's how how I predict it's going to end. Uh, uh, Samantha walks in. Oh, girls, what have you gotten yourself into? <laughs> and then, uh, then Carrie says, "It's like, and just like that, Samantha was back in our lives. Oh and then it cuts to black. Boom. Right there. I got HBO. You're ending right there. Give me that SJP money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also, the ending of every episode, and just like that, is terrible. Yeah. I agree. Because just like Tina says, it like ties everything up really neat, but then the what the next this episode picks up is just... It just ignores all of that. Yeah. It's just so terrible. Yeah. So that was well, that was a big one. But yeah. Uh, yeah. But what do you guys think? Are you Sex in the City fans? Have you seen the new show? And just like that, do you have any thoughts that you want to share with us? Please do share them with us. You can email us at remakesrebootsrevivals at gmail.com. Uh, we're active on Instagram at remakesrebootsrevivals, Twitter at remakespodcast. Uh, we're active on Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash remakesrebootsrevivals. We're also on YouTube. And if you want to phone in and share your thoughts with us via your beautiful voice, you should call in to our hotline and maybe we might play it on the air. And that number is... 862 248 2326. That's 862 248 2326. And I think that should just about do it. Tina, uh, if anyone wants to find you, what's some of your social media handles? You know, where Oh yeah, and maybe some rants about and just like that on oh, her story. Of rants. <laughs> I hate but yeah, <laughs> thank you. See, I'm I'm glad we got a diehard fans uh, perspective because it's not just a us. Diehard you know. fans hey, negative yeah. perspective. Yes. <laughs> hey, you know. I'm so sad. Hey. I was so Aww. sad all day that I was coming on this podcast to shit on one of my favorite shows of all time. <laughs> Well, no, Aww. not Sex in the City. It's and just like that that you're shitting on, not yeah, Sex in the City. Yeah. So. Uh, but according to your logic, that means you're shitting on that legacy. Yes. 
It is a part of legacy. And it well, shit on. <laughs> Regardless, we thank you for coming on and shitting all over it. Thank you. Thank you. I love it. I love it. And until next week, stay original. original. And just like that, the episode was over. Nice. Nice.